0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There is so much meat in our readings for today and I could preach a sermon that would have you here until our welcome table service this evening at 5. But our young people said that one of the issues they had with our preaching was sermons that went over 12 minutes. (laughs) So I'm going to try and not go over 12 minutes. Those of you who know me know that in our gospel, probably the word that leapt out at me was doubt. That they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I know that you recognize that I have told you that doubt is a path for me in my faith. That I, in fact, when I was going through my discernment process in Tennessee, they asked at one point, which person in the Bible do you most identify with? And I, I had to struggle, but I finally settled on Jonah. It's like, yeah, Jonah is the man, you know, he doubted that God was going to send him to Nineveh and he ran. That to me is the gospel life running as fast as you can because of the doubt in our own hearts that I look around the world and I say, God, how can you be God when there is so much suffering? God, how can you be God when we hear so much hate? God, how can you be God when I have a hard time believing that you love me? God, how can you be God when there are days, weeks, months when I doubt your love for us? So I am one who has absolute sympathy with the disciples who worshipped and yet doubted. But as I thought about this particular way of doubting, I thought maybe this is not the doubt that I normally talk about. I think that this doubt, if you remember, these disciples have not seen Jesus since he rose. That they have simply taken the word of the women who said we have seen the Lord and he says go to Galilee to meet him. So they have simply got up and moved to Galilee trusting that they will find Jesus. But probably all that way saying can it be real? Is it true? Are we sure that this is really what we are going to see? We are going to see our Lord? And the only thing I could compare it to in my own life is I think I have told you before that I was sent to boarding school when I was six and a half years old into a neighboring country since my parents didn't want us to go through the apartheid education system. And it was a horrible experience. And because my parents lived in the Western Cape, which was two days' drive from Swaziland, I knew that I would not see them for the whole three months that I was there. And some students would have their parents come and visit at weekends and take them out for the weekend, and I knew that that was not going to happen for me and on fridays we would sit in front of the hostel and look up the hill that led into the onto campus and people would be watching out for their parents cars to come and get them for the weekend. And I finally stopped being part of that gathering because I thought, what's the point of having my heart broken every weekend? That there is no magic that is gonna make my parents suddenly appear. And so one Friday, I was amazed when the matron called me and said, you need to come to the dormitory and get ready. You are going away for the weekend. And I went out and there was my aunt. My aunt had driven from Binoni to surprise us and take us out for the weekend. And I looked at her with doubt in my mind. I was like, is this really you? Is this really happening? Am I really getting off campus for the weekend? Are you really, really here? And I, I, I almost pinched her, but Then I thought, I probably won't go out for the weekend if I do that. But I imagine that that is the doubt that the disciples felt. Is this really you, Lord? Have you really come back to empower and bless us? Is this you? This is too good to be true. And Jesus has called them to a mountaintop. And Matthew uses that the mountaintop experience over and over, following from the Hebrew scriptures, where amazing things happen on mountaintops. Moses meets and talks to God. God gives him the Ten Commandments, that the mountaintop is the place where we interact with God so closely. In Matthew's Gospel, the mountaintop is where Jesus gives the Beatitudes. It is on top of a mountain that Jesus feeds the thousands. It is on the mountain That Jesus teaches his disciples. So for them now to be called by Jesus to the mountain, they know that this is something big that is about to happen. And Jesus does not disappoint. Jesus gives them the great commission. Now in our first reading, we heard God's commission from the book of Genesis, the commission to humans, but also to all living things to go out and multiply, to go and fill the earth and in particular to human beings to be those who have dominion and responsibility for God's earth. And here Jesus takes that commission to another level for us as believers. Go out into the world and make disciples of all people. Teach them the things that I have taught you. Show them the way that we have lived in community. Empower them to spread God's love around the world. Make disciples of all people. Go out empowered in my love and empower all those you meet. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last week, we baptized three little people into our community. And I remember when I first moved to this country, I was challenged by friends who were not Episcopalian saying, Why do you baptize children? How can you baptize infants? They can't say that they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior The only way that we can honestly baptize is those who are ready to claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I confess that at that time I was stumped. I was like, oh, yeah, um, let me come back to you about that. So let me come back to them about that. That we baptize infants because God has said from the beginning, you are my beloved. From the time that you were in the womb, I knew you and I loved you. And so we, as this community, baptize infants in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, saying we accept God's love of you and show it in welcoming you into this communion from your very birth that as soon as you are here, you are God's. God has claimed you from day one, and we are claiming you as part of this amazing body. And we know the day will come when you're a little bit older when we will ask you to reaffirm your acceptance of this great commission to make disciples of all people. But for now, it is God's love being poured on you and our love welcoming you into God's arms and into our community. And then Jesus ends by saying, and you notice he didn't say anything specifically to the doubters. But maybe he wanted to add a preface to this last one. Like, especially to you who are doubting, remember, I will be with you always. 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 In those times when you are confident in your faith and know that you are my disciple, I am with you. In those days when you doubt, when you wonder if God is all powerful, all loving, I am with you. In those times of in-between when you are sure, kind of sure of God's love, but wonder about your worthiness for God's love. I am with you always. And so with that love, with that knowledge, We are empowered to go into the world and make empowered disciples of all God's people. Amen. Sorry, I went over 12.